So welcome back, another edition, We Going In podcast, the 730 Interviews. Been on a little hiatus lately, working on the Cormega book, Understanding the True Meaning. Oh man, if, if anybody could bring me back to doing interviews again, man, it's definitely you. So I appreciate that. No doubt, man. What's going on? It's always great to catch up with you. I feel like we've probably done six or seven, maybe eight interviews at this point, you know, going way back, smoking mirrors days and everything. Um, so it's, it's, it's yeah, always... I stopped counting. Exactly. It's always a great exactly. conversation, man. And like, like you said, um, you know, I dropped the words two book, um, you know, featuring interviews. Our interview is in there from a few <laughs> years ago. And right. what I appreciate, man, and, you know, just give you a, a public thank you as well, man, is, you know, for, for just recognizing that our conversations are just that, man. You know, conversations, not necessarily those Q&A sessions where it's just like, you know, question answer question answer like thanks a lot you know right um, so everyday I, life talk that's all that's that's what i look at it as like you know i i really don't like doing interviews unless it's not not that for it to be too personal but you know you want to be comfortable with who you're talking with and vice versa not just for it to be robotic exactly and saying like oh you know what do you think about hip-hop you know uh, why does rap suck so much today? And it's like you get you get hit with those same questions, I'm sure, over and over by fans and on yeah, Twitter. Of course. You already know, B. So it's always great, man, to, to chop it up with you, man. Especially you look at, you know, September, the Perestroika album is coming with Apathy Man. Um mm-hmm. that's done at this point, right? Yeah, it's done. We we actually um we didn't put it out yet, but we you know, we got the video ready, uh, the single ready, Soviet official, and uh, we leaked a little bit of it. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I I don't think people really understand what's about to happen, like with that project. What is about to happen, man? Because you know, Soviet official is dropped, <laughs> and that was great. You know, I love that. I think you guys mm-hmm. showed great chemistry. I I think you can see the different styles working with each other and, and see the, the different perspectives. So, you know, right. what is going to surprise people about this album? I mean, just the, the, the contrast of the styles, basically, mainly because, um, I mean, for, for me looking from a, 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 a fan or supporters perspective, I wouldn't have never thought of, I wouldn't have never thought of pairing me and him up. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's something, I think anticipation is missing from the game. It's not too much anticipation in the game when it comes to certain artists putting out music or artists in general. And it's just a lot of, it's, it's you know, we have to move on and, and grow and things of that nature, but certain traditions, you know, like anticipating someone's album or, or a group or duo is, I think that's needed. It's always needed. You know, you want to give something to the people to look forward to, you know what I'm saying, and that's that's how I always made music. Definitely, and, and this was definitely like you said, a really surprise pairing. And you look at you and Apathy. I never would have said, you know, oh man, I just wish O and Apathy would work together. Like if I could have <laughs> one hip hop like dream combination, it would be O and App. So right, he came to you on this, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, App is a a, a fan like I am. You know what I'm saying? Of the music, student of the game like I am. And, 
you know, his his uh his whole thing is extensive. Like he'll go back on you. He goes back on me to shit that I'm like, yo, I don't even remember that. Like he's an enthusiast. He's an encyclopedia when it comes to hip hop. So he definitely knows the, his his game. He knows what goes on. He knows the past, present, future. You know what I'm saying? He lives this. You know what I'm saying? And and I had to respect him for that. You know, I, I gained so much respect for him. Not to mention, like, just he's like a genius to me. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to music and 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 just the overall thing dealing with the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's a genius, B. What strikes you most about that? Is, are you talking like his lyrical style, his his uh, business savvy? Like, like what what strikes you the most about App and his genius? App is a perfectionist. He reminds me of Kanye when it comes to the music aspect. Because, I mean, we've been working on this project. The project was done a couple of years ago, but App is so much of a perfectionist. His thing was to keep touching on stuff and asking me, yo, what do you think? And I'm like, everything he did musically or, or touched on musically, he did no wrong. And it would be perfect to me. And then he'll play me the, the same joint and add something else to it. It wasn't no overkill or nothing. I'm like, yo, app, do what you do. You know, like we would laugh sometimes because it was like, yo, you can't do no wrong at this point. You know what I'm saying? And we would just laugh real hard about it because he's so much of a perfectionist when it comes to he's he's a he has ADD when it comes to detail and music. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was like, yo, do what you do. You know what I mean? And and you know, I played a part in it, but he brought it to me. And um, you know, it's both our brainchild, but dude is a scientist. So how much did the album change? You know, if, if the album's been done for two years, how much of it has changed over the last two years? A lot. I, I mean, I would have to play you behind the scenes, like before and after is a wreckage. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 a total difference. It's like night and day with a lot of wreckage, for the most part. And um, I'm glad he updated and and you know sat back and listened and and critiqued it and. You know what I'm saying? Was tedious about it because he just wanted he, he wanted the perfect album, which I would disagree with with anybody. Like, it's no such thing to me as a perfect album. You know what I'm saying? You just do it. You know, you do the best to your ability and hopefully the people are, are gravitate towards it. But, you know, it's a chosen few out here when it comes to this music shit. And they about perfection. And me, I would probably hang myself doing some shit like that, just going over music and keep going over it and changing things and stuff like that. I usually leave a lot of stuff as is when it comes to my personal stuff. But, um, you know, it was a joint effort. But the music he mainly focused on, you know, he, he created a backdrop with a lot of the music around our vocals. And you don't get too much of that in the game anymore, like I said. Anticipation, um, you know, actually creating a playwright behind what you're doing vocally. You know what I'm saying? Concept-wise, everything. Like, this dude is, he's a genius. 
That's great. Did you ever feel like you guys were clashing at all when you're just, you know, with, with your style being a little different? Never. Um, but were you good with the delays? Were you good with the going over it again and again and making it, making sure the little details are perfect? Like that, that style was okay with you? I mean, uh, musically, that's what he did. But uh, vocally, I would go, I would go out to Connecticut, lay my vocals, and that was it. You know, to you know, depending on certain records, you know, if I had to lay them a few times or verses a few times, you know, in in that session. Other than that, it wasn't, it wasn't no, uh, it wasn't no problems vocally. Like vocal wise, we was good. We would knock it out. You know what I'm saying? I would knock out two or three joints. You know, and and plus. You know, he has his own studio, his own setup. And, um, you know, his vocals would be there. So I had backdrops to to uh, lay foundations to as far as, like, if it was a concept there, you know what I'm saying? I could follow the guidelines of his concepts. You know what I'm saying? So it was easy. It was, it was like, a, that's the easiest album I probably ever did in my life. That's awesome. And, and were you feeling a lot of the concepts that were already kind of in place? Oh, hell yeah. Well, I mean, look at the title, Perestroika. That's that's some some Russian shit, you know what I'm saying? Like just the whole I'm 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 all for concept, you know what I'm saying? So when he came to me and explained the whole uh uh concept about the Perestroika and and you know, what went on in the 80s and things of that nature in, in Russia and the, the cause and, the, you know, we have a we have a common core. It, people tend to misunderstand things just because we live in different regions or live in different uh, demographics that we don't all have the same problems. You know what I'm saying? So when he brought the perestriker to me and, and explained the whole ideology of what what went on it was like damn i'm with this you know what i'm saying like it was a no-brainer for me and it was just an incredible concept that's awesome can you explain too man for everybody like the concept behind the album and, and perestroika and everything that that made you want to say like yeah i love this like i'm on board let's do this just i mean it like i said the common cause just for the cause of, of, of what all people go through around the planet. It doesn't matter if it's a, a Armenian thing. It doesn't matter if it's an African thing. Like we all go through the same struggles in on different in, in different parts of the planet. You know what I'm saying? And this is just uh, something I definitely could relate to as far as the uh, you know the whole Perestroika thing in Russia. I mean, we got the same problems they had over there in the 80s, 70s, 60s, dictatorship, uh, uh, communist, everything. You know what I'm saying? We all go through the same thing. So that's the that's the one link. That's the main link to this album for everybody. It's, you know, but the, the perestriker thing was real slick to me. You know what I'm saying? So it just happened that, you know, that was that was something app came up with. But. I mean, we could have easily have picked uh, 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 a name from Pakistan, you know what I'm saying? Right. And ran with that and, and studied the cause and, and, you know, basically see that their, their, uh, their plights and struggles and things like that are the same as people in America or in Russia or in 
uh, Cambodia, you know what I'm saying? And everything to me about this is universal. It's just we took on the plight of Perry Stryker being the Russian uh, people's thing, you know what I'm saying? But it's really not. It's a people in general thing. And you look at Soviet Official, the first big leak from the album, and mm-hmm. in, your, in your verse you're talking about, you know, I peer through a cloud of smoke. It's almost like you're coming up from the underground, man. Is that a place you're comfortable in, man? I never, for me, I never, Um, and I was talking about this with show earlier, I think I really start, I, I'm, I'm really starting to feel like an underground artist now because of what goes on now in the mainstream because 20 years ago, I didn't think about me being an underground artist. I, I looked at it as if you sold less than a half a million records, you know, you was considered to be underground. Right. But I never really, you know, I might have used it. I'll be a hypocrite if I say I didn't. But I might have used the word quite a few times, but it wasn't something I mainly focused on. Like, you know, um, underground is just what uh something that that a culture uh uh something that people um how can i explain it uh basically grow from a culture and they it either stays there or it grows beyond what people consider underground and hip-hop has grown beyond the underground. Like, it, to me, it's, it's not underground no more. Right. It was a soul culture at one time. You know what I'm saying? If you, wanna, if, if, if you want to look at it like that. And that was a long time ago. Yeah, now, now it was just named as the most popular genre of music. On the planet. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I'm like... Underground, underground, whatever. Yeah, man. I mean, at this point, too, do labels even matter? They don't. I mean, labels and, and you know, these wigs and these big wigs are coming for people who are, are making noise on their own. You really don't need a label. It's, it's, I don't even think an A&R exists anymore. You know, with the exception of maybe R&B country and stuff like that but even with that you know it's, it's all but obsolete I mean I think I think the, the biggest A&Rs right now are the fans because they're the ones that are liking tracks on SoundCloud and, and you know supporting right. artists on Twitter and, and different blog sites I mean it's almost like the fans are the biggest A&R in the game right now exactly and um, I mean I have a, a I have a problem with that in a, in a way because it's so accessible now. People, people, some people stop being uh, music aficionados and basically think they know what kind of music you should make, <laughs> so to speak, instead of just purchasing the music or whatever, streaming, stealing it, whatever. And just listening to it, you know what I'm saying? But people are so critical and think they know the, the business. And it's like, damn, man, like it's more rappers than fans. Or, or more people who think they know about the music game than fans, man. Like, and once people understand it's, it's, they're not, you know what I'm saying? Then we can get back to 
the support, you know what I'm saying? Them supporting the music and, and that's just it. You know what I'm saying? If you got a job and you're a teacher or, you know, you own your own company and it has nothing to do with music, that's fine. But stop trying to tell artists how to make music and dictate, in a sense, what they should be doing. You know what I mean? Like, artists are artists for a reason. Artists are artists because they choose to grow or they don't. And, you know, I, I can't make albums I made 20 years ago today. Not that I couldn't duplicate them, but they wouldn't be the same. Right. And do you feel like you get that a lot? Like, fans wanting to relive... Yeah, yeah, word life word all life, day. Yeah. I was gonna say word life, of course. Yeah, right? word life, jewels, everything, man. People, you know, I get sort of like hate mail type shit too. Like, oh, uh, you're whack now. You know, you gotta go back to that word life shit. It's like, wow. Like, I'm not stuck. I need I have to say more? Like, you're stuck. You're stuck in the time capsule. Like, that's not gonna happen again. That was a moment in time in my life, you know what I'm saying? And I understand, like, at the end of the day, um, once you release your music to the world, it's not yours, it's just yours anymore. You know, it's, it's out there to be critiqued, loved, hated, whatever. Exactly, but at the same time, like, you know, I think your real fans appreciate the fact that, that you can grow, and that doesn't mean they have to blindly love everything you do. But exactly. Recognizing that, you know, the 90s are the 90s and we're, we're in 2017. And if you, if, if you sound the same, I mean, if anybody's doing the exact same thing they were doing in the, you know, the mid to late 90s, I mean, something went wrong. Yeah. Well, they find some people find no crime in that, man. I think it's like a travesty, like to sound like you did in 94 or talk about the same things as opposed to 2017. That's crazy to me. Like, you haven't grown in 20 years? That's crazy. If you look back to on the last 20 years, how would how would you say that OC has grown the most as a person? Like, what's what's been the biggest areas of growth in your life? Um... I mean, it's simple, man. I'm, I'm an older guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, with age comes wisdom. That's the saying, right? Definitely. I mean, that's that's as, as simple as I can explain it. Like, with age comes wisdom, and you either grow or you stay stuck. And, you know, I don't, I don't believe anybody stays stuck. I believe they choose to stay stuck with certain things. And, you know, um, like I said, I don't knock people for working a nine to five. You know, I respect people. I respect everybody as long as you show me the same respect and respect me to be who I am and choose to do what I want to do. And if you dig it, you dig it. If you don't, you know, move on. And, and I'll I'll try next time and please you. But I'm not trying. I'm in. The, I'm not in the people pleasing business. I'm really not, man. And I don't say that with no disrespect. I just make music the way I feel according to how my life is, according to what I see, according to what other people are going through, you know, and, um, and I try to interpret that. Well, I think too, man, that you could argue that it's not going to be art anymore if you're just making it to please people, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, if you keep regurgitating the same thing, you're eventually going to get sick. Exactly. And, you know, I think you look at Same Moon, Same Sun, first album you did in the trilogy of, of albums, and I think you really, everything that you've talked about, I think you really encapsulated on that album. You know, you address right. a lot of issues um, in society, in politics, religion, looking towards right. the future, what needs to happen, you know, putting all that together, you know, how did you do that for same moon, same sun and really start the trilogy off on such a high note and with such a high bar? Um, like I said, I, I, I don't even look at it in that sense, man. I just do according to what I feel, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and you know, my, my mom's always told me, well, she told me a long time ago to put it in, in, in a, in a certain type of perspective, like, you can't write without reading. Like, I can't write an essay on you if you was uh, Edgar Allan Poe, if I hadn't read your books. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I have to go, I have to look at life experiences, what goes on, everyday life things, man. And that's always, that's been my creed for the past, for as long as I, I, I uh, basically took been aware of it like everyday life is something that we can all relate to same moon same sun we all live under it like i don't care how much money you have i don't care what kind of car you drive i mean to be blunt shit we gonna all end up in the same position stretched out one day six feet you know what i mean like so it's what you accomplish while you're here it's not you know, uh, uh, looking forward to meeting your maker. You know what I'm saying? Like, people don't get that, man. Some people don't get that. It's like, yo, you have to let people do what they do. And you either roll with it or you're stuck. So how do you keep rolling with it, man? You know, how do you how do you stay fresh? How do you make sure that you're not be, becoming stuck in a rut, even if that's something the fans you know, certain fans want from you. How do you make sure you, you are always, you know, renewing yourself and, and coming with a fresh vibe? Study, man. I study life. Um, contrary to what people believe, as long as we breathe it, we're all students of life forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, you learn something every day. It ain't no such thing as I'm 65 now and I'm a elder statesman and I know everything nah you never stop learning so I learn from the younger guys you know what makes them tick you know I I, I said something the other day or a while back to somebody younger than me like yo I was your age before but you wasn't my age mm. yet you know what I'm saying so I, I, I have a little one more of an understanding of being in my 20s than you do or in my 30s because you haven't reached that yet but that's not to say you know uh, uh, somebody in their 20s or their 30s and not uh, doesn't have an old soul or doesn't know what's going on you know what I'm saying Right. so you know at the end of the day I just made it past that age and um, I'm still learning so I learned by just watching and what's going on and you know, um, I mean, everything is right in front of us. Everything is a blueprint in front of us. You know, uh, politics, 
uh, everything. Everything is in front of us to to decipher, you know, and put in a perspective of our own because we're all individuals, but never stop learning. I would tell, I would be a fool to tell you uh, I know everything. Like, you will probably turn your mouth up to that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what? I know everything. Nah, I don't. So do you have any favorite, like, favorite books or any favorite, like, websites, anything that you go to, like, on a regular basis that just keeps you learning and, and questioning and, and searching? I think simple is is, is the best. Uh, uh, just seeing simple things in life is the best teacher. Um, I'm a big conspiracy theorist. I'm really not going to get into all that. It's a lot of things that I... I you know, uh, well, we do have a lot more access as opposed to years ago, you know, with this Internet shit and all that. But um, I just watch and learn, man, and listen. And uh, the best observer is the person who stays quiet and watch what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So I'll just watch and, and learn, man, and see what's going on. And she was going on in other people's lives and whatever people feel like they want to share with me and you know what I'm saying um if somebody tells me something that they don't want to be shared with the world I won't do that but if it's something that sounds common as me and you having a conversation about you know what I'm saying I'll I'll put it into words and I'll figure out how to put it into some kind of wordplay and uh you know hopefully understand uh, hopefully feel like you'll get what I'm saying because it's something all common people go through, you know, in life, like just situations, bills, death, uh, kids, husbands, wives, um, just everyday life stuff. We all go through the same things in some form or fashion. It might not be in the same order. Like me and you might not have the parallel life, but we have similar issues and things that we go through that we can relate to. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know, do you have topics or any like issues that you feel are the most pressing pressing that you address in your music? Um I mean it depends on on whatever I'm 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 trying to articulate about, you know, um it depends, man, and and whatever the music trans uh, uh, makes me translate. Like, you know, like sitting down listening to music is like reading a book to me. So when I sit and listen to music, the music has to say something to me. It has to give me some type of uh, guidelines on how to approach it. And it's just like reading a book, man. When you read a book. You want to understand what you read. Man, you could probably go through five or ten books a day. But what did they used to call that in school? Uh, uh, speed reading and some shit like that. Like, yep. But you're not, you're not understanding what you're reading because you're just running through the books. So I try to just uh, decipher the music when I'm sitting in front of it and see how it's talking to me. No doubt, you know, and, and you look at this trilogy, man, you know, um, when's part two dropping and how is part two 
coming, you know, the follow-up to Same Moon, Same Sun? Um, part two is is basically near, it's, it's basically at its end, but I'm going to just tweak a few things. We, we pushed it back a little bit, too, because, um, Just, just time wise, the time frame wise, it, it wasn't. Uh, it's not ready to just actually. I mean, we could put it out tomorrow, but that's not what we want to do. So it's a few things I want to do. It's a few things I want to do as far as like setting it up. You know, for anticipation to the people. You know, I've been talking about it for a while now, but um, you know, it's. This part is new dawn, so I want people. I want that to soak in the people's head. First one was same moon, same sun. Part two is same moon, same sun, but it's a new dawn. It's like it's going through chapters in the book, and um, you know, like a not even a wake up call. You know what I'm saying? You can decipher new dawn any way you want, but the way I deciphered it is uh, just the um. Lighten up the mood a little bit with part two, as opposed to part one. If anybody hears or heard part one and, and you know, uh, get a chance to listen to part two when it comes out, they'll see it's a difference. You know what I'm saying? Like, part one was a little bit dark. It wasn't too dark, but it was a little bit darker. Part two would lighten up that blow. And then part three is just, yeah, I have to wait to see how I'm coming on this one, on the last one. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a dark album, definitely depressing at some times, man. But you also had some hopefulness on there. You know, you look at a song like New Day. Right. You know, it wasn't completely a dark album. Like, you definitely included some moments in there. Was right. That, was that intentional to have some moments of light in between all the – the, the issues you're talking about and what needs to change and what's wrong, but also having, you know, a new day song on there too. Definitely. And, and I mean, even the, um, it's, it's, it's funny that we're talking about that, that particular song. It, it really alluded to the title of part two, new day, new dawn. And I didn't do that on purpose. It just happened that way. So, um, I kind of thought about it after I recorded the new Dawn record, and I was like, damn, subconsciously in the back of my mind, I must have been thinking about an answer to this record. You know what I'm saying? And it just it just fell into place like that. And then I was like, damn, me and Show talked about it. And he was like, yo, you did that on purpose? And I was like, nah. Like, maybe I did, but I didn't. I didn't think it out like that out loud like i just was like yo we're gonna call part two new dawn a new dawn you know things happen for a reason man like the mind is powerful dude. like you never know what your brain encapsules you know what i'm saying like i really didn't think about it until that song was done a few months after and i'm like oh shit new day new dawn are people gonna um put those two together that they play off each other nah they not they just gonna think it's a you know the title of the album and that's that but then I can't I can't knock people from not being 
um, I can't, I can't uh, not expect people not to catch that. Put it like that. People are smart, you know what I'm saying? Like smart enough to know, like, damn, he did New Day. Now he has New Dawn. Oh shit, New Day, New Dawn. You know. And I think what's great about that too, it shows that people, you know, are doing their homework. And and those are the kind of fans I feel like you want. You know, the fans that right. that study and do the work, and they don't just listen to the ten tracks or twelve tracks. And okay, right. You know, give me something new now. All right. I heard it once. I'm done. What's what's next? Yeah, yo, shit is so disposable these days, man. Like, albums don't have too much shelf life, you know, when they come no. out. Because no. there's so much music out here. And a lot of it is good, you know what I'm saying? But you'll never know it because people will listen to it for a week. You know, um, I think Hove said this shit. And he was like, um, people don't... Uh, they don't let the music marinate. They don't let the, the albums marinate and and sit with them like they used to. You know what I'm saying? People just be like, oh, that beat was whack. Or he could have found a better. And it's like, yo, I, I hate using the word hate, but I can't stand when people say shit like um, Nas is a... He need to pick better beats. I'm like, yo, dude is picking what his heart and what his feeling and his gut is calling for. It's not about the hardest snare and the endless drum kick. Like, he's trying to interpret something through music that he's picking. And he's not a professional for nothing. You know what I'm saying? He's not. He ain't been, he ain't been around this long because he's been picking whack beats. Right. This is, this is his lyrics. And and really too, I mean, I think you look at someone like Nas and his style, like, you know, I don't know how good he would sound over a full album of like, you know, Rick Ross beats or just Blaze beats. I mean, it might work, it might be a beautiful thing, but right. I think a lot of those beats would completely overpower, you know, especially based on his vocal tones and, exactly. and his rhyme schemes. I think those beats would really overpower what we all love about Nas and it would we wouldn't necessarily hear all the intricacies of what he does when exactly you know you know what i'm saying exactly i mean man man that dude and a lot of other mcs who came after are like students of rock him man like this dude if you strip away his vocals from a lot of stuff you might not like his music but you know he said it again He's another genius. He said it a long time ago, like about the whole jazz and how he learned how to pattern his 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 wordplay from the jazz he grew grew up listening to. You know what I'm saying? And and jazz musicians in his family and opera singers and shit of that nature. So, you know, we're instruments without the music. I would hope somebody would listen or and I, I've I've gotten it over the years. You know, people are uh, saying back rhymes or, or stuff that I wrote or whatever was in the song. You know, they'll repeat it. Or, but it's like, do you get it though? Right. Like, did you get what I was saying? Did you get the intricacies of the patterns I was doing and the vocal tone on this particular record? While my voice was low, this people. I don't know if sometimes if people get that. They just 
So like, yo, the beat was alright, and it's like, damn. So you only listen to the record for the music, or you listen to the record as a whole. Like it's it can't be just for the music, man, because it'll be an instrumental album. Right, and you know, a lot of a lot of folks have blamed the internet and blogs for this, but I mean, it's it's funny you mentioned Jay Z because we could even go back to Renegade off the Blueprint album, which dropped. In 2001, mm-hmm. you know, September September 11th, 2001, it drops, right? Right. And on Renegade, he's saying, do you listen to music or do you just skim through it? And this, right. is, this is even before everything was online. I mean, it, the only stuff online at that point was if you, you know, if you knew how to download music pretty much illegally. There was no iTunes and whatnot. Um, exactly. You know, nowadays, everybody has Spotify and you have access to every album all the time. But that was even a problem back then, you know, before right. that is like actually like you know like you said like our fans gonna notice my vocal tone you know what is it man is it just oversaturation of artists and music is it short attention spans like what is causing this music to not be dissected and analyzed the way that it deserves to be well i said it i mean it's more it's more people wanting to be a uh uh rappers than fans like and once that balance tipped the scales a lot of shit started going on. Everybody feel like they can be an MC, be a rapper, be a writer. And I mean, not to burst anybody's bubble, but not everybody's meant to do this shit. Who's to say I'm meant to do this shit? But you know what I'm saying? Like, it it, it just got so overcompensated with people wanting to rap and you know, it's it's just like a person making beats. It's like, yo, it's a difference, man. It's a producer, and then there's a beat maker. And some people will be like, it's the same shit. And it's like, no, it's not. Producing and, and making beats are not the same thing. It's really not. And I've had those arguments a lot. You know, I get people online all the time. Yo, I got beats. I got beats. And it's like, you got beats? Actually, I'm not giving this a a green light for people to to send me stuff now. But if you told me that you have production that might fit what I'm doing or, or might just mess with something that I might come up with, I might give you a listen. As opposed to somebody saying I got beats all day. Shit, I got beats, and I don't do beats. Yeah, be- beats are not the problem these days, man. I mean, there there is an abundance. I get I get emails all the time, and I don't even rap. And yeah. producers, you know, they just do the, those blind or shouldn't probably call them producers. Beat makers are just doing those blind emails to like you know throwing whatever at the wall and seeing what's gonna stick. Like maybe this person will buy a beat, you know. Um, it's, yeah. like, it's like it's like a desperation almost. Yeah, it's 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 a million desperados out here. I hate to say it, but that's just what it is. And everybody's not meant to do this shit, man. Like it's, this is not meant for everybody. And then, you know, you you push push the envelope even further. Everybody think this is out to get rich, and it's like, nah, that's it's not it, man. Yeah. Like, it's not it. What what is it about hip hop that has everybody, 
you know, more rappers than fans. I mean, is it like that in other genres? I'm not familiar enough with other genres and the intricacies of other genres to really speak intelligently and say like, well, in punk rock, it's like this, you know, what is it about hip hop though, that allows for so many people to just think I could do this too? Well, I mean, put it like this, you can go online, uh, get a following on, well, back then MySpace, and um, get a million followers, 500,000 followers and you know now we have record companies watching these MySpace pages and shit like that and um then in comes a soldier boy no disrespect to him I'm just saying using him as an example in comes a soldier boy in comes uh Cardi B in comes uh whoever and it's like yo just because you got uh uh someone's attention doesn't mean you doing what you do well you know what i mean and and like i said it's no disrespect to them i just use them as an example but it's just not it's not meant for everybody man like this shit was sacred and 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 that shit the music business took that away from us as a culture man it took it away from us man and first they wasn't fucking with it uh this won't last then it stuck around, you know, and um, it, at the end of the day, it's turning out to be the, the most influential music on the planet. Not rock, not country, not Latin music, hip hop. Everybody in their mother, I mean, it's fucked up to say, but you look at a, a, a video of some young um, Yemen kids out in, in the Middle East and you know, shit. They're rapping in front of rubble and shit. Like, their plight is real. Hey, <laughs> don't get me wrong. But it's like, yo, everybody's doing it. Everybody. And in turn, you have people like New York, for say, per se. I live in New York. I was born, raised, bred in New York. You get in front of a crowd in New York, man, they're going to look at you like, I do this shit way better than you. Like, you got the arms crossed, you got the the tough guy looks, um, you got the mouth twisted up. This shit is just, it's, it's bananas, B. It's so bananas, it's just, I'm like, yo, this shit is like CB4 for real to the fifth power. It's, it's crazy, especially, you know, how easy it is, like, to buy a, to buy a fake following and the fact yeah. that the fact that labels actually value that you know because anybody can build a following i mean it's really the label's job to find talented musicians and help them build their following like if you really right. built your following what do you need them for right you said it best what do i need you for i can i can do this shit on my own i don't need you now if you want to uh sponsor me we can sit down at a table and um, go over the, the schematics of a, a sponsorship, but I'm not signing any rights over to you for something that I built. And I had I known what I had I known what I knew then, what I know now, I would have never signed to a record label. And I'm sure none of us would have. Because you're really, you know, from from our conversations in the past, even talking last week, man, I mean, you are loving 
being independent and doing your own thing yeah. on your own schedule when you want to. I mean, this this is this has been really good for you, hasn't it? Yeah, man, it's it's therapeutic, man. I'm having fun again. Like, ain't no um. I mean, we give ourselves um deadlines and things of that nature, but if we don't meet them, it's not gonna hurt us. Right. If uh, a record company cuts you a check and they demand their product be placed on their table by a certain time, you know, it's a possibility if you don't uh, come through, you're going to get dropped. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to wind up owing the label. Uh, you might get another situation. Now you got to pay your way to get out of this situation and then you're stuck in another rut because now you got to pay the money back to the person uh, uh, to the record company who got you out of the system. You know what I'm saying? It's just like round robin. Mm-hmm. Well, I paid for you to get off uh, fuck you up records. Now you're on in my ass records. I'm in your ass records and you owe me now. Like It's, a, it's, it's never a win-win. You know what I'm saying? So I'm happy, man. I fuck a label. Yeah, and you said it best. It's like we we have our deadlines, you know. We 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 have our plan, but at the same time, man, it's it's, it's it must be nice to know, um, you reap the benefits of your labor. Like you go hard on this project, you're the one that's going to benefit. You're not you're not going hard for ten percent of the pie or five percent of the pie. Right, and you're not blaming. You, you don't have no one to blame but yourself. And and I don't. We don't look at it like that. You know what I'm saying? We look at it as a learning process. What we didn't do correctly on this last outing, we're going to correct on the next outing. Mm-hmm. And it's on our own dime and time. That's it. Yeah, that's the thing, man. I mean, I feel like a lot of artists these days, you know, when, when I was doing interviews in 05, 06, you know, around then, it was like you could have so many um, people or artists really complaining about the label and, oh, it, this, this would have been great, except, you know, the the label fucked it up. And, and right. you know, it's it's the A&R's fault. They didn't do this. And so I feel like nowadays you, you, you just don't get that as much. Like if your project flops, it's like, man, what could you have done differently? Because, you know, the game is, is much more in, in the artist's hands. Exactly. I mean, shit. Uh, prime example is Fat Joe making a killing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is everything he's doing, I, I believe, since Lean Back has been independent. So, let's not count his pockets, but just imagine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, shit, that was one of the biggest uh, uh, in this day and age of cyberspace and all that shit that was one of the biggest ringtones he made a shitload of money you know that independent hustle is a is it's no lose lose in that like you can't lose if you hustling and pushing right you know what i'm saying and and he did it again he did it with uh all the way up that was independent you know, he has, I think he has a distribution, but he's doing this shit out of pocket. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's winning. Yeah. You know, and, and 
this is somebody out of my circle. So it's like, yo, we taking serious notes. We always took notes, but we didn't figure out our formula as quick as he did. But we took notes like, yo, everything he's doing, he's doing out of pocket. Remy is good right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're partners. She's not his artist anymore. Like, they're 50-50 on this independent venture that they put out. You know, so whether they put out a single or album, if that shit, you know, uh, in the world that they're dabbling in, mainstream, hits and pops off, they are winners. Yeah. At the independent game. Because not everything comes through them. You want to make a deal, don't go through the label. You got to go through his label, her label, their label. You have to talk to them about, you know, it, it, it's, it's just a win-win situation, man. You can't lose. And you can't even think about um, time because time ain't standing still for anybody. So that's no excuse anymore. Exactly. I don't care how old you are as an artist or how young, like, I don't listen to that old man shit, none of that. I'm like, shit, I'm just as young as y'all, but I'm not trying to be y'all. Right. I'm doing what I do. And, and and being able to do that too, I mean, do you feel like you're taking more risks creatively today than you were in the past? Nah, I'm doing what I've always done. I'm just, um, I'm more seasoned at it, so to speak, like, I was always talking some some things that was thought provoking, but you know, I'm a grown man now. Um, I'm not trying to be the best rapper. I've been out of that. I, I always tell people I stopped being a rapper when I signed my first deal. You know what I'm saying? I became an artist, mm. and um, you know, I ain't trying to be in nobody's top ten list and none of that. Sh- I don't care about that. I make music because I love the music. I love what I do. And of course, I want to get paid at it, but that's not my main focus. All that will come if you put in the dedication and the hard work with it. And you got to have fun with it, man. If you don't have fun with it, it's going to show. If you don't uh, speak the truth, so to speak, and and the people can't relate to you, you're not going to win. You know what I'm saying? You have to be as honest as you can, you know what I'm saying? When you're putting out music, you know, whether it's, if it's a hillbilly record or it's a, a, a fist up in the air record, you have to be honest as possible to the people so they can relate to it. And if they can't relate to it, they ain't gonna get it. And you know, you out of here. Exactly. So, so switching gears, man, looking at the studios album, the digging in the crates, Finally came back with that with some new music. That was last summer. Mm-hmm. Are you happy with how that project did? Um, yeah, of course. I, I believe we should have followed it up, but you know, like I said, Joe caught one. He got busy. At this point, I don't believe we should do any DITC music without none of the members that's still around. You know what I'm saying? And um. We could have got right back in, and we, we still got some stuff that hasn't been heard, but we want to get back in if we're going to do that. You know what I'm saying? So until then, you know, uh, me and Show made sure we was just going to keep working and, 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 and 
stay on the on the path of rebranding because you know yo it's 20 years later man and at some point people was like we're done like we're not waiting around for y'all no more they waited 20 years right you know what i'm saying and that's what made me do the album that was one reason to make me do the, the same moon record and and just get back in the studio and just record a gang of music and it was just reinvigorating for me and um just to take people's minds off of expecting, you know, a DITC tomorrow, album tomorrow. You know, just give them DITC counterpart music and, and, you know, whatever that leads up to, it'll lead up to. But till then, you're going to get a lot of OC. You're going to get a lot of diversity from OC with other artists, you know, whether it be me, uh, me and Apathy. You know what I'm saying? We already talking about a follow-up to Parastrike. It's not even out yet, but we're that confident that it's going to do what it, sh- what it needs to do, you know, to, to, to start a whole new lane for me and him. You know what I'm saying? Right. We're helping each other. I'm not helping him. We're helping each other. I, I mean, I really like that concept, too, especially, I mean, you, you look at the Studios album. I mean, it was really UA and show who really held down a bulk of the work on the album, you know, right. Um, where Joe diamond and buck wild, uh, felt more kind of like cameo appearances almost. Right. Ness um, did one song, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Finesse was involved. Yeah. I can't forget finesse, man. Right. So, you know, got um, him back on the mic. That was huge. Exactly. And he's planning on doing his record, but you know, like I said, at the end of the day, man, um, People take this as a surprise, too, but I'm like, yo, I wasn't a, a, a focal. Uh, um, people didn't focus on me too much. You know, people who listen to music in DITC, the, the main focuses over the years have been, and this is just me, uh, L, Joe, Buck. You know what I'm saying? And and because they were more, I mean, it, Buck does more production, but it wasn't my time. It wasn't my time to be at the forefront. So now I'm I'm, I'm flying the flag. Like it's it's mainly me at the moment. You know what I'm saying? I'm putting out the most product. Did you ever and, uh, did you ever have a problem with that? Not being in the nah, forefront? Nah, not at all. I knew. I said it a long time ago. I might have told you this too. I, I said it. I knew who the stars were. I knew who were going to be stars. I knew who was going to blow up Shuate. I knew who was going to make it on another scale. And that to me, it was Joe and and L. You know what I'm saying? It's just unfortunate L passed away before he could see his accomplishment. But, you know, I've seen slick shit online in the past where people was like, well, if he didn't die, he wouldn't have went gold. Nah, he would have went gold anyway. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was he was bound for stardom. Joe yeah. was bound for stardom to me. He could have went platinum, really. I mean... Exactly. You know, he was about to sign with uh, Rockefeller. Um, not to say that would have made him go platinum, but he had his own cult. Like, he had a cult following already. And, um... 500,000 people in the hood didn't buy L's album. 
you know, he went over that threshold. If you think about it, he's he has to be platinum now. You know, I don't we don't I don't follow his his stats and stuff like that, but it's been what, fifteen years? He has to be platinum now. Yeah, the thing about L two, man, he kept getting better. Like, you know, it's not it's not like, you know, um he was falling off, man. I feel like lyrically and just conceptually, everything he was doing, man, I mean, he just kept showing so much growth. Like, I don't feel like we ever really saw Big L reach his potential as an artist. Well, here's the thing. And this is, I, 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 I explained this to somebody a while ago, too. Ness discovered him. Finesse's show got him a deal at Columbia. He was in high school still. So, if you think about uh, lifestyles of the poor and dangerous up until flamboyant, uh, uh, the big picture, that was a short period of time. He was a young boy out of high school. So that's just like uh, to, in, in comparison to LeBron James playing in high school and he got drafted straight to the pros. He excelled in such a short period of time it was just amazing. So nobody gets to see what he actually would have been because he died. Right. You no, know, he was murdered. You know what I'm saying? So if you look at that time period from lifestyles to, like I said, the big picture, it was a short period of time. But I seen the acceleration. And I know why he excelled like that. He was young, man. He wasn't rapping like he was on... Uh, lifestyles when you listen to big picture he got 20 times better in that short period of time he it was a bit it, it's like put it like this from jay-z doing i got you open can i get open with with uh with uh damn original flavor to reasonable doubt that was a short period of time if you think about it he didn't sound nothing like that after he reached reasonable doubt. And it was the same type of scenario with L. Like, dude, he was in his bag, man. I seen it. We seen it. We seen the transformation from the inside. It was like, this kid is dangerous. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I wish he was around to see it. But, you know, it is what it is. Right. Yeah, no, it's that's that's probably something that you all in, in in DITC think about a lot, and you know can't do anything about, which is which which really sucks. Yeah, I, I don't think about it anymore, man. Like not in that sense, you know. Like I said, it's been over fifteen years, so he's been gone. So it's like there's no coming back. You know what I'm saying? And he accomplished something without seeing it through in the physical. But he would have accomplished that same uh, feat had he been alive. I believe he would have went gold and platinum had he been alive, too. You know what I'm saying? It was just, uh, I, don't, I don't think people brought his record out of sympathy of him dying. And that's why he went gold. You know what I'm saying? I think he had that base there already, that anticipation. That anticipation I was talking about earlier. And... You know, you add the fact that he did get murdered, but that was a little factor in my mind because he already had 
he had people waiting for that album. Yeah, and, and hip hop fans, man, and, and music fans in general, man, they are not known for buying records out of sympathy. I mean, if that was the case, everybody and every rapper in Times Square with those CDRs for five bucks, man, would be a millionaire because exactly, you know, people don't just do that. Nah, nah, they they was anticipating his album, and you know, he done been around the planet. Some, you know, he been around the world a little bit enough, you know, with by himself with us with a you know like so he he made a mark and this was at a time when physical music was selling so he sold that because of the anticipation not because of his death right yeah i i i mean you know you, you everybody has their own theories and opinions man but i feel like that's that you, that, that's just a wrong opinion, man. If you think that that's yeah. out of sympathy and out of, you know, he died, so he went gold. Like, that dude would have went platinum if he could have done promo and, uh, you know, kept fulfilling his potential, man. Like, exactly. You, know, you, could, you could always and, say what if, but I, I mean, I, I feel, you know, if you look at his trajectory, you, you could see where he was going. Right. And he started, think about this. Nobody never thinks about this either. They just always think the ITC or Raucous with that album. He started flamboyant entertainment prior to Raucous picking up that album. Mm. This album was being put together by flamboyant entertainment, Big L, which was him. He was the entity. So his independent game kicked in way young. Right after he got dropped from Columbia. His independent game kicked in already. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he took a, a page out of what uh, Hovenden was doing with Rockefeller or, or a few other bad boys or whatever. But his independent game kicked in at a young age. Because he didn't have that deal with Raucous on the table, if I'm not mistaken, when he was putting the album together. Like, he was... I, I heard uh, Ebonics... On the Jewels tour, he was telling me those rhymes, like, as he was putting it, some of those rhymes, as he was putting it together on the plane. This is, he had no deal then. Wow. Did you hear it? I mean, when you when you heard that, did you know? Um, I knew, but I, I was, yo, we was on a, we was on tour for three months, so I was tired, and he, he, um, I, I I said it on on Sway Show. He woke me up on Spirit Plane, man, and, and or I was half sleep or just about to fall out, and he says some of the rhyme. When I'm lifted, I'm high. When new kicks on the fly, cars whips and jury. And I was just like, and he stopped. That's where he, you know, wherever he stopped is where the rhyme didn't finish. And I was like, yo, man, fuck away from me with that. Like <laughs> that's it. And he was like, yeah, dog, I ain't finished. And I was like, come on, man. Like, I'm tired. You ain't tired? Like, we did the same show last night. Like, you're not, leave me alone. Like, I'm not trying to hear that shit right now. Was he always like that? Was he just a high-energy kind of guy? Yeah, that was a pain in the ass. Everybody <laughs> took that. How so? But he just, he know how to get under people's skin. You know what I'm saying? And, and. You know, when he did the music, he did the music. But if you listen to the music, 
it translated his uh his um character somewhat. You know what I'm saying? Some things translated and he was a sponge. So if you said some shit around him and it sounds slick enough for him to uh uh play it out in words, it would definitely pop up as something. And uh, nobody was doing shit like Ebonics before him. No, and and it, and it definitely brought like all of a sudden it made a lot of words that were hip hop specific, you know, much more mainstream. All of a sudden, and you know, it, it from what he I took every slang word that you can think of and put it, he summed it up in one record. Every slang word that was being played with said uh, was said already and wasn't put in that perspective. He took every think about it listen to that record like he took every slang it's that slang is still being used today some of them words and some of it might be because of that song exactly like nobody did that prior to him. so it's funny too man because you know as a fan and never never having the opportunity obviously to to know l the fact mm-hmm. that he's a pain in the ass is a really interesting story to me man like did he know he was getting under people's skin and did he do that on purpose and get enjoyment out of it? Or is that just like his personality where he just bugged people and he didn't even know he was bugging them? Nah, he knew he was doing it on purpose. He did it on purpose and that was his personality. Like, he was a funny dude, you know what I'm saying? He was serious. He was funny most of the time, but he wasn't, you know, when he got serious, you you might not, you probably couldn't tell because he was always, you know, teasing and getting under people's skin but you can never tell with him man like i've never seen him upset i've never seen him angry and if he was i couldn't tell like that just wasn't his his style that wasn't his nature he didn't show out when he was angry i've never seen him angry and, and that, that must have been a good balance on the tour, man, just as you guys are on a bus or a plane for three months, you're with each other for a long time, you get tired of each other. Like, that kind of personality is probably needed uh, even when they're trying to be annoying on purpose. Like, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure that balance, that balanced everyone out pretty good. Yeah, and and it, it I never got tired of them, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, we was young, so we was having fun, we was making money. And we were seeing places we never been before, and you know, um, it was just a, 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 it was a, one of the best experiences I had in my life touring with him. But um, you know, and A could tell you too. He toured with him, uh, you know, right before he passed, he got murdered. So just being on the road with L, man, it was just like I always, I never, like I said, I could never remember a time where he got angry about anything. You know, I can always, you know, dude was, was, uh, he was, um, he was, shit, yo, you straight, you know, he was a hustler too, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, if, I didn't need for anything at the time, but it was like, yo, you good? You know, we speak to each other here and there because he was always on the move. I was on the move. Everybody was doing their own thing. But it was like, yo, you need some paper? And I'm like, you need paper? And we would laugh. Nah, I'm dead serious. Like, if you need some money, I I came across, you know, he was that type. You know what I'm saying? And 
you know, I just, it was just fun, man. It was always fun with him. I never got tired of him. He got me mad sometimes, but that was about it. Yeah, sometimes you need somebody like that in your life, man, just to keep you on your toes. Yeah, like he didn't get me mad where I wanted to put hands on him or we would fight. But, you know, if I was in a serious moment and, you know, he was softening the blow up and I didn't want to be softened up, but he just, like, he would turn that shit around. So it was like, I can't even be mad. I got to laugh about this shit or, you know, just, just crazy shit, man. He was just... He was a great spirit, B. And, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, he um he just had a lot of business savvy early on. He was the youngest out of all of us. So, you know, um, it was just, it, it's, it's weird me talking about it now. I never really talked about that part. Like, he started flamboyant, you know, that, that, that record Ebonics shit. You could say he birthed Jay to do 22 tools. Yeah. And records like that, because it wasn't being done prior to him. He pioneered that shit. And a lot of those things, I mean, you can see fingerprints. All over the game. Exactly. Saying what you want to say, shot rap, you know, shit that... You know, the Christ thing. I mean, Nas said it, but, um, you know, L took it to where, you know, he would offend the archdiocese. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> if Nas said snuffing Jesus, he would say some other shit. And it was like, yo, you're bugging. You're bugging right now. And he didn't give a fuck. He said what he what he felt. You know what I'm saying? Just like he knew how to get under our skin, he knew how to catch people's attention easily. Battles, all that shit. Like, he was witty. The complete package, really. Yeah. He was the ultimate MC. And, and these days, you know, it's very rare to find somebody who could go off the top, be, be nice on the battle tip against another MC, but also record songs that people want to listen to over and over again yeah that's the thing though dude ain't go off the top like um he has so many rhymes man he has so much stuff written and i i believe for me i don't forget hardly anything but to have like i, I think i've seen pictures online a few years back about some of his rhyme book like I seen pictures of some of his rhyme books and stuff like that posted and it was just like yo this dude had books and books you know what I'm saying the shit so he was always prepared like he was he was in it to get something out of this shit like he was going all the way with it That's incredible. I mean, those are the kind of things that you would, you know, you would expect to see in a hip hop museum one day. Exactly. You know, um, he was just one of a kind, man. And, and, you know, like you said, his fingerprints is all over the game to this day. Contrary to what people might say or not. And it's almost like, you know, it feels like it's almost that you're looking at it as part of your responsibilities to make sure people know that you know that that you're one of those 
carrying the torch for Elk today. Well, yeah, I mean, he's part of my group, you know what I'm saying? And, and he was in, in, in physical and in spirit forever. But um, I just I just feel like, um, you know, I said I would never talk about anything, you know, when it came to him anymore, unless people asked me the right questions. And you just ask the right questions about things that people don't ask. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, but I, I just said, yo, I'll never speak about it unless people ask me the right questions. Like, I'll shut them down. I'll shut you down if I don't feel like you're asking the right questions. I don't want to tell you and go into his case about what happened. To, I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? If it's music and it's something that hasn't been spoken about about him, that I can indulge, I'll do that, you know, and, and, you know, the things that me and you talking about, I don't think a lot of people know, no, you I know, mean, um, flamboyant was independent, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he wasn't signed to Rockies when that, uh, uh, when that record came out, you know what I'm saying, he was gone already, and, um, he had plans to do it himself, you know what I'm saying, and, and sign his imprint, uh, take his imprint to Rockefeller. It wasn't going to be a Rockefeller artist. It was going to be flamboyant entertainment, you know what I'm saying? Of course, people would have looked at it as Big L's on Rockefeller, but behind the scenes, business-wise, it was flamboyant entertainment. It's putting out Big L through Rockefeller. And, and I mean that 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 would that would have been so huge at the time too. I mean, just you know, setting the trend a lot earlier in the game than it than it was actually set, especially for yeah. New York. I mean, you look at the South; independent was the way to go. You know, you look at No Limit, um, Rap a Lot, um, Cash Money. I mean, going independent there, man, was the way to go, especially starting out. But in New mm-hmm. York, I mean, you know, artists like Fifty, Cormega, Freddie Fox. I mean. They went independent much later in the 90s, and they didn't get a right. whole lot of love for it. I mean, you know, Cormega and I talked about that. It's like, man, it was not cool to be independent when he went independent, but he saw something that other people didn't. But, you know, we're looking at the late 90s at that point. Exactly. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, shit, I, I've seen shit written up about um, his man, Cam. Like, oh, if it wasn't for L. Dying Cam wouldn't have Cam would have been successful regardless. All them dudes is maybe it's something in the water up in Harlem. All them dudes up there are hustlers. You know what I'm saying? In some form or fashion. And Cam to me would have been successful whether L had got signed to Rockefeller or not. Cam would have been successful. And you know. In turn, they started their own bloom uh, uh, movement, but people don't understand that all these dudes came up together. You know what I'm saying? Cam McGruff, L, you know what I'm saying? Mace, like L was just the first one out, and they, you know, I think Cam spoke about it. Like yo, L was the one on first. You know what I'm saying? So they they took little lessons from that, but to me, Cam would have been successful. Regardless, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't just because of uh, 
it wasn't because of Big L that he was successful or the bullshit people say online about if L had not hadn't died, he wouldn't have been signed over there. Nah, him, Cam, Dame, all of them basically came up from together in the same neighborhood. Something was gonna happen for all of them that was doing that was taking that road, that path. And Cam is exactly where he's supposed to be today. I mean, yeah, I feel like a lot of the times the cream rises and, you know, you look at a lot of artists who have made it, you know, the first first road, first deal, that might not have worked out. But the top artists, they find a way. And there's a reason yeah. certain artists, like like Nas isn't celebrated just for being lucky and, you know, getting a deal. I mean, he is that good. You know, a lot of the artists exactly. get the, the praise. They're better than other rappers. It's not that they, I mean, yeah, everyone gets breaks, but like, you know, the the, the t a lot of the top artists, they're not there because they just got great breaks. They're there because they had luck, but they had the talent that was most important. And they had the motivation, the drive. And um, and, and to me, around that time, people don't give, uh, uh, Dame is, I give Dame a lot of credit for um, using his resources once he got on and in bigs to you know reach back and and help a lot of other cats a few other cats do what they need to do right. and like I said they all came up together so you know what I'm saying it was inevitable for all of them to have some success you know they everything we mentioned they all had it Mace everybody yeah Someone else, man, who I always thought was super talented, and we supported a lot of the music, you know, back in the in the two thousands. Man, it was Milano. Man, it's great to see Milano Constantine back in and dropping music and and coming back in a major way, man. Um, what do you think about his about his latest music and and kind of re-entering the game? Um, he's in the studio. He's in digging studio. Well, not today, but. He's doing an album with Digging now. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, he's in the he's in the studios every week now. He he just started on his project for DITC. I mean that's that's his uh foundation. But sometimes you have to uh, go off on your own. I just told him last week that was an incredible album he did in the sketch. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, that was a great chemistry there. And it. It, it it goes back to what you just said, man. Some people are just that good. Like he didn't necessarily need showbiz or DITC or finesse to uh to do what he does, but you know it helped him as far as like get his foot his feet wet. But you see what he did on his own with skids. You know what I'm saying? Like that was something that had nothing to do with digging. But you know he's back. He's back in the lab now. And um, yo, this this shit is like uh, uh the haunt in the Connecticut force, man. Like you can never run away from that shit. Ditc. Once you imprint it with that shit, it's for life. I don't care how much music you do with anybody else. People been asking for it for him to record. You know, back with Ditc. But um. Yeah, he's in the studio now. And he's still doing what he does outside of that. So, you know, whatever other projects, I don't know exactly. I haven't really sat down and spoke to him. 
Well, um, he's like, yo, you just uh, gave me another life. And I'm like, you bugging. He like, yo, I see you ain't bullshitting. Like, I see, yo, oh, you working. Everybody talking about it. I'm like, work. And I'm like, shit, you working. That album you put out is immaculate. But I know what Milano does, though, so I already knew. Like, I wasn't, I, I never doubted him. You know, I look at him like L and uh, people like that who came in, you know what I'm saying? So he's super talented. Man, so so what else is coming out of the DITC studios at this point? Well, I just let the cat out the bag on that one. Yeah, I you know, did. Uh, um, right now it's, it's Milano, you know, outside of uh, bars and and. You know, Motif doing a lot of the production. Well, Motif and Milano were working. I said, I didn't tell you that, so I might as well tell you him and Motif is working. And um, the shit I'm hearing, I'm like, damn. Like, I'm back in. I'm back in for the next few days doing new shit. I'm trying to lead them. Like I said, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the face right now as far as, like, um, artist-wise. So... I'm trying to I'm tell, I'm just trying to show them like y'all gotta keep up with me now. You know what I'm saying? I got this, I got they like, yo, you got this, that, this, that, and this. Yep. So y'all gotta keep up. Cause I'm not slowing down for nobody. So I'm happy he's over there. Um Boss Project might come out before mine's now since we pushed it back. And uh me and show was talking about uh, some compilation. We might, you know, I, I'm gonna definitely throw quite a few records on it from, you know, just all the music that I have sitting around. Just, you know, just to uh, let people know, you know, my album is still coming, but just to give them some fresh stuff. But um, you know, shit. September 22nd is me at Paris Striker. Milano, I don't know if he's coming through this year or next year, but he's coming. Bars is coming. Compilations is coming. Um, the third installment and the last installment of Same Moon, Same Sun, me and Show just discussed uh, Buck and Finesse doing that whole project. You know, to, to, to sum up the trilogy with so I'm looking forward to that. You know, I hope they don't get too busy because Ness be on the road a lot lately. And Buck is doing what he do. So um, I'm definitely not mad at that idea. Like if, if, if they can knock out this third album and work um, as quick as me, then we all good. That's awesome, man. Yo, oh man, I really appreciate your time, man. It's always a great conversation, man, chopping it up with you and really hearing all the insights and the projects, man, all the great stuff coming, the stories, man. Um, mm -hmm. Really appreciate your time on this. Definitely, man. You know how we do, B. Let's not act like we don't know each other. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but you know, you know, I always uh, want to share what's going on with you and um, shit. I got the new shit. I'm, it's, it's back. It's right back to the drawing board 2018. I'm not playing. It's going to be the same, you know, just just music, 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 2018, until I decide otherwise. 
but you know, trilogy is is gonna be summed up at the end of this year, and I'm gonna start. I'm gonna press the reset button, top of the year, 2018, and hopefully have something out around the same time as Latin or as this year, January, February, and keep that ball rolling. Nah, I go. Yeah, man, I can't wait to hear that, man. And hopefully, me and you make this endeavor happen. You know what I'm saying? We ain't gonna let that out the bag yet. 